0: Welcome to the NBA Coast to Coast podcast brought to you by thelines.com. Coming to you from the West Coast, Josh Lander, joined as always by Nate Weitzer on the East Coast. And it's Friday, and we've got six games in the NBA. And in this one, we're taking a look at Portland and Philly. Portland is in Philadelphia for this one. Actually, a pretty healthy Blazers team compared to what they've been. Um, Full discrepancy, we are recording this the night before. Um, So it is 8.5 right now with a total of 229. But I'll let Nate get into the rest of that slate here in just a minute. We also got another game video and our player props for you. So make sure to like and subscribe and continue to follow along with us. Also, head to thelines.com. That's where you can check out all the great written content we have as the NBA is in full swing up on the site right now. Now, also have our player props up for you uh, in a video uh, and on the site as well. And we are using that odds finder tool up there. Make sure you're getting the best odds available uh, on all those bets you're making across the NBA this season. Nate, let's go ahead and get into this slate for everyone real quick, and then talk about the Blazers and the Sixers.
1: Yeah, a lot of pick'em lines here as we open um, because you know teams are pretty inconsistent right now. But we got Hawks in a pick'em at Washington right after beating them by two points uh, two nights prior. Blazers have the biggest spread I guess here plus 9 at Philly. Totals that opened at 229. Excuse me, not the biggest because the Spurs who have lost uh, what 26 of 30 games are plus 12 at home against Denver. Cavs in a pick 'em at Miami. That's an immediate rematch as well. Cavs just won a low-scoring bout over them. The Nets after, you know, posting one of the weirdest rotations I have seen. In a close loss to the Bucks, are plus five here on a back-to-back in Minnesota. They should get Dinwiddie and Cam Johnson back for that one. And then another pick-em, Raptors at Lakers, 224 total. And we'll talk about that one in another episode here. <clears throat> I mean, these are two teams that are definitely going in, in opposite directions in the, in the Blazers and Sixers. It doesn't take a lot of analysis to to look at that. I mean, the Sixers the thing is they just kind of do just enough typically. I mean, on the road recently, they've definitely done just enough. They, they do have the potential to just completely blow doors off a team at home. Uh, But generally what we've seen is just, they score at an incredibly high rate and they don't stop high scoring guards on the other end. I mean, it's just the MO of a hardened maxi team. Um, But I mean, this is Embiid's team, of course, and extra rest here, two days rest, which is the biggest situation to look at for me. Uh, that, that, that I trust them a little bit more with that extra rest. It's just a question of how much are they going to pace themselves because it is so much of a two-man game with Harden and Embiid. In general, though, they, they are higher scoring on extra rest, 11-7 to the over, with, with the rest advantage, going over by five points per game when they get two days off going under by seven points per game if it's a back-to-back, and, and they've gone under 70% of the time in those situations. So that tells you what what they do with that extra rest, which is just you know a fresher Joel Embiid who's constantly in danger of missing a game with a sore foot, basically. Um, so if he can get a little bit of that time to come out and, and attack one of the worst defenses in the league, if not the worst in the last 20 games, Portland just got Nurkic back. He only managed 17 minutes and didn't really make a dent against Boston. Um, that, you know, Boston team that got right in this very same matchup. The Phillies looking to, to, to exploit. The last time Nurk faced Embiid, he could only play 24 minutes. He got into foul trouble. He had four points. Embiid had 32. Harden, triple-double. Harden, by the way, has 48 assists in his last three against Portland. Each one has come on a different team. So it doesn't really matter <laughs> who he's rolling with, he knows how to dice up this team, which, you know, used to have pretty good wing defenders in the last few years. And like we keep pointing out, they just traded them away. No Josh Hart, no Gary Payton, the second anymore. And Simon's being injured means, you know, you're leaning on cam reddish. He let me down with player props there in Boston. He's he's now been discarded twice uh, by teams that really, that need, need someone at his position. And they just, had no real interest in him, uh, so it's fair to wonder how you know much of a vital piece he's going to be going forward. But you can say uh, it: the Knicks t- discarded him. Then he must not be that good. You could say it. <laughs> yes, that is the team I in question. The Knicks, when they were at their absolute lowest low in terms of offense last year, and they still were like, mm, "Yeah, we don't have any use for Cam Ash, nah, but we're good." <laughs> Uh, I mean, so it's the six series against a Western Conference team, though, and that is something where we tend to see a ton of points, usually when they're at a Western Conference team. But, um, you know, they should be able to get over their team total here, considering yeah. Portland's on this exhausting road trip. They, they opened the all-star break with some sort of extra travel snafu, and they haven't really recovered, and they've only been able to beat really bad teams on this road trip. Uh, but, you know, losing by double digits to Boston... And uh, Dame Lillard, I'll talk about him player props as great as he is right now. And I think he will be a volume scorer. There's only so much you can do when the other defense can just load up on you. And there's absolutely no one for him to kick it out to and no one else to really make plays. It's a real problem in terms of being able to compete here. So I don't really trust Philly to win by nine. I know I'm always talking about teasers this is a good teaser spot though to get it down to four and a half or five and take the over which I think we like either way so maybe you just want money line and over with those sixers yeah
0: I ain't mad at you um I don't feel the the teas is, is totally wrong here and and I agree with a lot of what you said there and I'm, I'm a little bit more focused on Philly um, in this one and, and the trends that they pose for us in this game you talk about they've they're good uh They've been going over on the road against the West. Well, really, they've just been going over against the West, actually, in their last 10. Um, they've got their eight and two to the over against the West, regardless of venue. 120 points a game in that span, uh, and allowing 113, winning by a good margin. There, not enough to get us over eight and a half points, um, but you know, good enough to get us over 229 for a total, which it's somewhat fair. But I do think that you know that if they get to the 120 or so, that they, that I think that they should, and that's probably what their team total is going to be at in this one. If you look at that total, right? They're eight and a half. It's going to be about 120 to 111 and a half, whatever you want to call it, for what. Their team total will be when it comes out. uh, Like I said at the top of this video, we're we're recording early enough uh, on a Thursday night, actually, that we don't have all of the bets in front of us necessarily yet. But that's what I'm focused on. They're they're 16 and 9 to the over uh, against the West on the season. Uh, Like I told you, 8 and 2 at at home. And and against the West in those games, those 10 games at home, uh, 15 made threes on 42%, really, really good, obviously. And then 26 free throw attempts, which is actually kind of low for them, um, and 28 assists per game, which is actually up for them uh, on the amount of assisted buckets that they're getting there. So I do like what they're doing there. I I think if you look at the, the trends for their last five at home, Against teams that are not Miami, uh, by the way, because one of them is Miami in there. They had a back to back against them that I don't want to talk about, um, and the Celt- the Celtics was in there as well. And those games are always tough. I mean, they've had some high scoring affairs I know in the past between those two teams, but they've also had plenty of like knock them down uh, kind of games where you know they- they're just trapping each other all over the place and-, and stopping what the other one does pretty well. So in, in sort of an Eastern Conference style game. So either way, my main point though is you know in three of five versus the East, they still go under. Uh, they went under in those, but they went over in the one against the West once again. Um, and it was, a you know, around a 223 total in those home games. But that was also a bit before. Like, I think the, the road trip did open something up for them where you saw them, the, you know, play at a, a style and a pace of the team that they were playing against. And part of the problem was they just hemorrhaged points to point guards. I know they beat up the, the Timberwolves the other night, which was actually a little bit shocking how badly they beat them and only allowing 94 points to the T-Wolves at home, who had been rolling pretty well. Um, but Ant Edwards still got us over our props that we picked him on at 30 32 points, uh, one assist, but whatever. We still got over the points and assists as well because of all the points he scored. Because that's where they're just giving up points, and that's what causes them to also play at that fast pace as well. Uh, there's almost been like a weird, like James Harden taking it personally that the other team's guards are scoring, even though he doesn't take it personally enough to play defense. He just takes it personally enough to play harder <laughs> on offense uh, and play a little bit better and get you uh, those points as well. So, uh, you know, I, I think Philly's not really their defense has been pretty good against a three, but that's where uh, you know the uh, um, this, the the Blazers are going to shoot and get all their points from, is from deep. Um, Philly's actually allowing the third most three-pointers made and uh, at a 41% clip over their last five. So they are letting teams get hot from deep because, once again, the guys are creating their own shot and, and scoring from three, uh, like Ant did the other night on a couple of unassisted threes. So um, also giving up a ton of free throws is Philly, and, and sc- you know scoring off free throws, unsurprisingly. So I think there's going to be opportunity for a lot of points in that sense. Uh, and Dame will go off, and then that'll sort of propel everything, we hope.
1: Yeah. The thing is though, it's a situation where you can let Dame go off. It's the old like Steve Nash in the playoffs situation, right? Where you let him get 50, whatever, nobody else is going to beat us. And that's the way they've guarded him in his last six meetings here. Um, He's got 33 points per game on huge usage, but five turnovers to eight and a half assists being like, okay, nobody else is going to be open. He's, he's a minus four overall. And, I mean, even in this terry has been on over the last two months, he's a minus nine because it, it, it's the only offense Portland can muster. They have no defense besides it. his individual defense has struggled because he's so exhausted from offense. And, yeah. and Philly can just come at you in waves now with these other guards. So maybe I am talking myself into minus nine here. I, I don't, I mean, Portland is, is soon going to be playing for ping pong balls and it's just Dame, you know, kind of, shouting into the wind that I want to be competitive and it's there's just nobody else uh, on this roster to help him do so no no they're
0: like okay cool we got you here's Cam Reddish and he's like thanks what about Josh Hart who's helping the Knicks to a nine and one start as as he got there nine the first games in a row but yeah I I would say the game theory that I I feel like you're talking about though which I would agree with is like if Dame goes off, it fine, whatever, sands that, or even regardless of that, um, if they don't hang the, the reason this wouldn't go over is because Portland doesn't hang around because we their Philly's gonna get what they want, right? When and, and how they want it on offense. So with that in mind, like if Portland doesn't come along for the ride and it goes under, they're probably not covering eight and a half points either, right? At that point. Yeah. So Tease is fine, I would say, because I do like the idea of, of getting it down a bunch. But like that, that Minnesota game is still sort of like fresh in my mind, where they only scored ninety-four points against this team, despite Ant going for thirty-two, which is something that you feel like could be a similar case here. Um, and, and so either way, like maybe it's a, it's more of a Philly team total on this one uh, when, once that comes out, which we would also love to hit when we feel much more confident in one team than the other. Um, and the eight and a half doesn't really scare me in this situation, except for that Philly sometimes you know does sort of stumble along. And only win by these games by like five. Uh, see the game against the Pacers the other night. So do with that what you will. I think there's a number of ways to bet it based on all that stuff that we think is, is going to happen uh, in this game Friday night. So
1: and then the Raptors are slight underdogs here, plus one, uh, although you can get the Lakers as underdogs some places. And it's a 224 total. You definitely got to lean under right now for the Anthony Davis Lakers. The pace is completely different. I mean, they were trending towards an under team, which we've talked about for a while. But since Braun went down, the pace has changed um, and the defense has been what they have to hang their hat on. It's not like they have a choice. But four games now, Anthony Davis just carrying them 34 points per game, 14 rebounds, but five turnovers to three assists per game. Um, And you introduce now D'Angelo Russell, who some are not that fond of. Some have called, not me, but some, have called the worst two-way player who gets consistent minutes in the NBA. Name Uh, names. Yeah, Uh, it's, uh, you know, what Simmons, buddy. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah, right, Russillo. Russillo, thank you. Um, But yeah, his last three against Toronto have not been great. Um, 15 points per game, 32% field goal shooting. And AD, while he hasn't played them in a couple seasons, you know, when he, when he was at his prime, six games against Toronto, scoring under 20 a game, under 40% shooting, and, a, and again, a poor rating. Uh, now, in this iteration of Toronto, they have even more options to throw at him in terms of Scotty Barnes and Jakob Purtle. There's a lot of length and defense on this team. And really, I I come back to the fact that those two guys who are the primary options for the Lakers – are a bit turnover prone. And right now, since since they've lost Braun, right, they're giving up, uh, they're near the, the worst in, in the league in terms of giving points off turnovers and giving up fast break points. And as we know, that's that's what Toronto needs to survive. Yep. That's, that's what they need to thrive. They're coming off these two frustrating wins where they looked lost. like they were going to beat and Denver's home win streak. And then Scotty Barnes got tossed by Scott Foster uh, himself, and then uh, I mean, according to one man's opinion, that being Fred Van Fleet, uh, Ben Taylor, and the ref crew was were screwing them at the Clippers. I mean, I think really they just got beat by a Clippers team that's starting to round back into form. Here, the Lakers. I, I'm not willing to just say that like they're 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 a contender at this point. I mean, AD has had transcendent performances. To carry them to a few wins here. <clears throat> they've still gone way under. They've gone under in seven of their last eight with him active. They've gone under in six straight at home with a one oh seven defensive rating. And there's nothing to really indicate with Toronto that you'll get a ton of points, except for the fact that when they've beaten the Lakers in three of the last four here, three of those games have gone over. Sort of an abnormal lift in terms of free throws for Toronto. Um uh, in scoring, but you know, two of those games, recent meetings, were played at at the blazing pace that the the Russell Westbrook and LeBron Lakers brought to the table. Still, one of those, the last one in LA at Crypto, only got to a two seventeen total, despite being a one hundred one point five pace. And right now, in their last four, the Raptors are at, are twenty eighth in pace at at just like ninety four. Yeah. So, I, I I mean, a poor half court offense. It's a, it's a Lakers offense that I don't think is really on track yet. It's just a lot of throwing it into Anthony Davis and hoping for the best. And look, if he's just if he's not transcendent, I don't think they're going to be scoring that much. And I don't think they're necessarily going to be able to pull out this win. Uh, I guess Toronto team, that's that's pretty fired up, I think, about the, the way the last two games finished. Yeah, I mean, I'm happy to tell everybody what the quote
0: was because I think it's one of the greatest quotes in postgame history. Fred Van Fleet gets on the mic, and shame on the media members who ask the question, Fred, what did you think of the of the refereeing tonight? Uh, and it's like, no, nah, I mean, not shame on you. You're getting a good quote, but I'm just saying, it's you know what you're getting. You're either going to get the the quote to fine them, or you're not. And Fred goes, uh, I'll take the fine. He was effing terrible tonight, and he didn't say effing. Um, and, yeah, I think I'm, I'm – look, Scott Foster, all that. I'm, I'm not even necessarily going to get into it. I do believe in the feistiness of the Raptors, everything about them and the way that they embody Nick Nurse, the, the things that they're good at, the way that the, the style that they play is is dogged, if you will. So, I mean, yeah, I, I love the idea of them having extra uh, momentum and motivation to, to you know, come out and, and win this game. And, and that's what I would do, you know, plus one, whatever. Just take line um and and get those basically even odds for them to to win this game the 224 and a half like i would lean under for sure like you're saying that's where i would lean i wish it was a little higher just like a few points i'm not saying tease it uh maybe tease it i don't know you kind of have me on that one this is another example of like i kind of like the tease just because the 224 is fair as mo would say and so if i can gain a little bit of advantage by shifting that line like it seems worth it because of how close of a game. I think this is going to be anyway. You know, I think there's some some fun bets. Like I said, we're, we're recording this on on Thursday night, so I don't have available to me things that I might like to look at like the Raptors to win by 1 to 5 points or uh, taking that as well as the Lakers to win by 1 to 5 points and keeping this thing close and then I'm I'm, you know, both of those bets would get me enough plus money that I just you think this game's going to be pretty close in that sense. Um I do think AD is going to eat. I know he's got some bad numbers and we'll talk about this more in our player props video for Friday, but like his bad numbers against the, the Raptors come at a different time on different teams with different styles in situations that didn't include with and without LeBron James playing. And when LeBron's not playing this season, especially in these last five that he has been out since that injury against uh, the Mavis, um, LeBron, uh, AD's just going nuts. Like, even if he's only got five rebounds in one game, he's got 39 points. If he's only got three rebounds in the other game, he's got 38 points. Um, so I feel really good about him being able to get um, also 22 boards the other night in another game, right? So, like, I think that there's there's plenty of, of reason to feel good about him still getting his the raptors cannot stop centers I, I, they got perdle to to be able to do better around the rim and like he has to a degree except for that centers are still opposing centers are still scoring the second most points against the raptors in the exact amount of time since Pirtle's been there. Uh, So do with that what you will because they were actually better at guarding that position before he got there. Um, I still argue that they've made he's made them a better team. So I'm not trying to say that at all, but um, I I do think it's still a good position for uh, the the Lakers to lose here because of the the stats that matter uh, as we talk about versus the Raptors. Since LeBron went down in these last five, um, the the Lakers are, the only thing they're not doing that they should be doing better at is uh, guarding uh, the, the fast break there that uh that's the only thing that they're actually like not awful at uh in their last four but the raptors aren't really scoring from the fast break in their last uh the last four that they've been on the road interestingly enough like that's not where they're getting their points from they are getting them off turnovers they swarm you still getting the second most in the league off of turnovers still getting in the top five uh fourth most second chance points as they played these last four games on the road as well um and then points in the paint you know not necessarily their forte but they have been still scoring the seventh most, uh, the highest percentage of their points off of two pointers, like point being, they're still not going to shoot threes. um, And that's not going to be, and that's a a place that the Lakers have actually been pretty good on defense, as we know, since they've gotten that help on the wing uh, since the trade deadline. Uh, and a little bit before with Rui. So, you know, that's not where the, the Raptors really worry about getting points from. I think that helps them in this game. Like everything that they want to do, I think they can do. Uh, obviously, second chance points is something that the, the Lakers are limiting pretty well because AD is just eating up every single defensive rebound. And I think that'll continue to be the case. Even though I know there's a ton of guys crashing the boards, uh, I'm not worried about dudes six foot seven and shorter crashing the boards on six foot 11 AD as he's going up and getting those rebounds. And really, he's over seven feet tall now. So, um, yeah, anyway, I, I, I like what he's going to be able to do in these with these rebounds and points one of the two or both of them are going to get him over what I think his prop is going to be tonight but I still think the Raptors are in a good situation with a pretty pissed off nature that's going to lead them to be able to to win the game
1: yeah the one thing of concern though is that the the free throw discrepancy that the Raptors do not get to the line at all recently uh, and that they're also giving up the fourth highest free throw rate and that's where the Lakers are scoring the highest percentage of their points since losing Braun. That's where AD thrives. Um, but, you know, when these teams get together, those numbers kind of look different, that the Raptors get nine more free throw attempts than we're talking about right now, that they actually out-rebound the Lakers, that they, you know, that's how they've been able to beat them. In three of the last four, it's kind of like a Hollywood versus. uh Versus slum slumwood or whatever yeah. I don't know whatever chip on their shoulder they have right. up up in Toronto they've the north and and Hollywood is certainly not and they come to play against this team and with the identity of, of Van Fleet and Scotty Barnes bringing his lunch pail in three against the Lakers 22 points 14 rebounds um, I, I think he's going to be a factor as well after a really nice game against the Clips. uh, uh, No travel involved, by the way, as, as they just play another game here in L.A., so... Yeah, I'm leaning Raptors trying to let's make uh, producer Dan happy and, and get them the win here on Friday night. It's so weird that this is like a grit and grind team when Toronto's
0: like this beautiful, wildly clean metropolitan area <laughs> in Canada. But like this is like a dirty, nasty get after team that like gets hustle points uh, because they also have one of the worst, if not the worst trans or half court offense in the league, right, which doesn't really matter because they're going to try to get out and go. Uh, and I think they'll be able to get some of those those fast break points enough to at least least like get the win but it will be kind of gross there's not going to be much offensive flow either to the Lakers who are also kind of getting those gross points uh know, they're not really they're still really not hitting threes even with the addition uh, of Malik Beasley you know D-Lo's been out maybe he gets a little bit warmer from three to you know in, in this game on, on Friday night against the Lake Show but I I really don't see it so like I, I would still tease maybe an under uh with the the wraps in this one they can lose by three or they can lose by five points and this game can go under two twenty nine. Like, like, I actually feel really good about it and I would uh, you know I'll go ahead and and, and suggest it uh, at this point. So
1: you're listening to the lines.com podcast network. Looking for the latest player props and the best betting odds from the top US sports books all in one place? Then join us right here every day this season for free picks and best bets from the sports betting experts you can trust.
0: to make you a better sports better. Nate, let's jump into your first NBA play a prop for tonight. Our guy, Dame Lillard, taking on those Sixers.
1: Yeah, it seems like a a matchup where Dame's going to continue to eat, and he probably will. I mean, as we all know, he's been lighting the league on fire. 38 points per game on a 40% usage rate in his last 11 year. The thing is, I want the juice on his turnovers. Three and a half over three and a half is plus plus one thirty. This is something he's hit in four of his last five. And he's averaging 4.1 turnovers to seven assists in these last 11. It's because teams are starting to load up on him completely. I mean, I won't say start, but they're completely loading up on him really since his 71 point explosion. They're saying not, we're not even going to let him shoot from three. I mean, he's just under 10, uh, three point attempts per game, hitting three and a half. Uh, around 30% though in in his last 6 year and getting to the line a lot because teams are forcing him to go inside and and when that's when that happens you're talking about turnovers you're talking about guys taking charges you're talking about having to kick it out or getting stripped down down in the paint you know rather than being able to hoist threes Philly despite some inconsistent defense. They're still ninth in opponents' turnover rate. They have the fifth most steals per game, seventh in assist to turnover ratio, and they've guarded Dame this way. They've allowed—I mean, he scored thirty-three a game, high usage rate, but five turnovers per game, including six earlier this season when they matched up. So, it, I mean, I like the odds. If you like potentially good good payouts, you'll probably follow that. But if you think that this is a joy joy stealing bet, then Sure, over uh thirty-two and a half points, I do think he gets there because Philly does not guard point guards at all, uh, and he can light them up for sure. As we do, we do hope that happens if we're taking the over here at two twenty-nine.
0: No, I think the the turnovers is the sharper bet. To be honest, I mean you get the juice there. And the 32 and a half is so freaking high. Uh, and four assists for a guy with a usage rate as wildly high as Dame is not, is not a silly thing. Not only the usage rate, but like if you want to go to some, some serious, like cleaning the glass, you know, in per index kind of how, how often is he dribbling the ball and how often is the ball in his hands per uh, percentage of these possessions that they have for the blazers? Like it's going to be in the eighties to nineties that the, the ball is in his hands at whatever point of the possession that they've got the ball. So the likelihood of the turnovers goes up, um, I will say sneaky Nate like we put our notes in these in in here and, and talk about you know what we want to put down and you jumped on on Dame and even before you p- started putting stats in there you're like I'm for sure taking Dame so like just don't even touch it and I was like that's fine like but we were both on the same plane there with him like Philly you know Philly against one of the top three best scoring point guards in the league top two with Steph probably right now as far as pure point guards go so yeah I think the, the points is still fine here because we do like some points in this one and we we said it multiple times in the game video Dame could go for 35 and and Philly or Portland could score like 104 points and that still wouldn't surprise us uh which scares us a little bit even though we like the over um but we love Philly's over and we love Dame's over that's really what we're saying about this game right so um I'm gonna go ahead and talk about one that's a little bit mixed here. And maybe I should just start with MPJ, which spoiler is my, my other prop, but I'll just go ahead and talk about AD here uh, because 42.5 points and rebounds for him, it's stupid high. Like that's high for most people's points, rebounds, and assists, right? Uh, Joker g- gets like 45, 46 at this number with the assists in there. So this is dumb high. I get that. It's minus 110 on DraftKings. His last five. But we're all without LeBron 33 a game and 14 boards. That's in 36 minutes. He's going nine for 11 from the free throw line uh, and 56% from the field. Uh, uh, Toronto, not a great, you know, defensive rebounding team, pretty good offensive rebounding team, but like not with a D in my opinion. So um, I think, you know, in the 13 games without LeBron this season, 30 points a game, 15 boards a game in, in all 13 of those um, versus the 25 and, and 11 that he's putting up with when LeBron plays this season. Um, like I mentioned, also in the game video, Jakob Purtle, my guy, would never mean to slander him. But like, even though he's been there for seven games uh, or eight games, whatever it is, in the last seven, he's allowing the second, the, the, this team is allowing the second most points per game to centers at like 27 a game. Um, and then as far as boards. It's like thir- 16 boards to opposing centers as well. AD is going to get like 36 minutes in this game, right? Where his per 36 numbers are well above, uh, well above, I say like four above this, this points and rebound total that he's at right now. Uh, the, the centers that have been getting everything on this team are all good. It's Chris Stapps, Joker, Vooch, Zubac. That's who's been scoring against Pertle. He's been playing really good centers, but like AD is as good as as all of them, well, better than three of them. And I'm not putting him next to Joker. I don't want to get into that. Um, but also the, the the Raps are allowing the 10th most rebounds per game in their last seven. And like I said, they're not the best defensive rebounding team at all by any means, but they're also just like uh, they're playing at a, at a pace that's not necessarily fast, but they're getting lots of shots up. Uh, and they are getting second chance points. Or they're getting offensive rebounds. And sometimes missing those second chance points, which gives you more rebounds available for everybody around, right? There's there's just a lot of rebounds to go around in these Raptors games. So I think you could see another 15, 16 rebound game from this dude. And I think you got to put him on, on on there for
1: like 27,
0: 28 points
1: as well. Yeah, the rebounds, there's some good logic there, I think. But the, the props are all just so high. Yeah, to take 14 so rebounds at minus 125, and you scroll down the list, anything that... For AD, is ridiculously bad odds, uh, except for him to hit 1-3, by the way, or get the first field goal of the game, which isn't terrible. Plus 500 at FanDuel. Hey, happy first uh, day of online betting in Massachusetts. You want to take a a no-risk bet on that there, plus 500. Sure, go for it. Um, I'm a little skeptical about Toronto being able to slow him down, but even slowing him down, he's still probably going to hover around 40 points of rebounds here. So it's a competitive line for sure. Um, But I'm going to go back to another guy on seeing that sky high usage rate. Bradley Beal seems to be back to full health in his last 12 scoring 26 points uh, with a 34% usage rate. And that's usage has gone up in the two matchups with Atlanta, including 37 points on 40% usage. And then uh, just two nights ago, 24 points, 34% usage. He's actually hit at least 24 in 12 straight against Atlanta, averaging 30 a game, 32.5% usage. That's where his prop is at tonight, 24.5, not great juice on the over. Once again, they're offering great juice for him to hit two threes because he just doesn't take that many. Uh, he's over 7 from 3 in his last two home games, but his previous six, he was really cooking, 15 threes in, on 33 attempts. That's 45%. So he's definitely shown the ability to step out and hit. Uh, now DeLon Wright in the starting lineup more for Washington. He's more of a setup guy, getting Beal those looks. And look, so Atlanta, they're they're better offensively, it seems, with Quinn Snyder at the helm, but worse defensively. Uh, and in, set, in those seven games since he's taken over, they're giving up the fourth most points, third most assists to shooting guards. I, I think Beal has a nice night here in terms of points and assists, uh, but I would stick with the points and maybe the threes. Yeah. I mean, Quinn Snyder is bringing his same Utah style. Like it's almost as though he didn't
0: have a defensive game plan other than throw Rudy Gobert out there for 36 minutes uh, a game and then, you know, have really good guards. He's been really good for his guards. I I just, I don't like this game. I don't like, Having to figure out which of these players is going to score. Chris Daps is coming off a forty-three point night. Maybe you like that, um, but like I just I, I I don't want to talk about that game in the Wizards, and I just don't want to talk about any of those teams in the play-in for uh for the East. Right, like seven through twelve, like ugh, just gross. Uh, but sometimes you got to do what you got to do, and and Brad Except Beal has been. Yeah, uh, yeah Sans Halliburton, but I think they're like 13th right now. Either way, uh, I'm going to finish off with the one I actually feel way more confident about, like I said, Michael Porter Jr. in a matchup against those San Antonio Spurs uh, who, by the way, have not been awful on defense necessarily. Well, they've been bad, but they're you know opponent field goal percentage is not that bad over their last like five, but this is a good matchup for Michael Porter Jr. 16.5 points is low, I think, for this one. Minus 120 on DK as we're recording this on Thursday. It's the best I could find for you guys using that odds finder tool on the lines.com. Uh, the points and rebounds, I also love at 21 and a half, uh, minus 115 on DraftKings there. In two games versus San Antonio this season, 20 points a game, seven and a half boards, uh, 30 minutes a game, which is not very high, but about 30 minutes a game in those two versus them. Three uh three threes a game uh in on 43% in those two, making uh like six, seven in one game, five in the other, whatever. Um, last five games overall. He's at 21 points a game, which is basically his points and rebounds prop. Um, So... Do that what you will. Also, add the six and a half rebounds. And he hasn't even played 30 minutes. He hasn't been averaging. It's like 29.4 minutes a game in those last five. So um, he's had a great usage rate 23%, despite all the weapons on the floor, 128 individual offensive rating in those last five. Uh, And then incredible splits 58% from the field, 44% from deep, uh, making three threes a game on just like seven and a half attempts. Uh, Another like 44% from deep in those last five. It's it's dunks or threes for the dude, and if he's hitting three threes in the game and he gets a few dunks, the seventeen points feels pretty easy. Um, San, uh, San Francisco, San Antonio allowing the most points per game to SFs sit small forwards over the last seven games. Um, haven't been that bad in the past, but yeah, I mean, also Malachi Branham is out. Uh, Keldon Johnson will be in this game, not necessarily that helpful on defense uh, against this position, um, and they haven't. Uh, they they you know, just awful on defense everywhere. Like the only thing that they've been decent at is not giving up that many free throws. Michael Porter jr. Averages two a game, because like I said, all he does is go to the rim and dunk or get, uh, you know, those three pointers. So I think it's a good opportunity. It's too low of a prop in a, in a game. That's a good matchup for him.
1: Yeah. I don't think there's as much risk of a blowout to with Denver on the road. They just tend to, to, to be much more competitive on both sides of the ball or allow the other team to be more competitive. And, But I mean, San Antonio is literally not trying to win games. So this is this is going to be like just like warm up shooting for for MPJ, who's just the lights out 43 percent, like you said, against this team. Uh, Yeah, I think he will be higher than 40 percent from three. And so I would look at his three pointer props. It's not great odds for him to hit three, but maybe you want him to hit four threes in this game, which he's certainly capable of doing. Definitely. Definitely. Yeah. I mean, go, go, go crazy with it. If you want, uh, I I blow out or
0: not, like, you know, he'll be in for his requisite like 30 minutes. That's like kind of what he's getting because one leg is longer than the other. So he's prone to injury, but uh, I think it's a good opportunity for him to get those 17 tonight. So that is all the time we have for you guys in this one. So make sure to like, and subscribe to that page. Looking to stay wicked hot on those play up props after a really good Thursday night with you guys. And so we see you next. Happy betting.